Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 31 of Hack to Start. This episode features Sam Gerstenzang, Director of Product and Growth at Imager. Tyler and I wanted to invite Sam onto the show to share more about his experience as an entrepreneur and product manager. Sam graduated from Stanford and was previously on the investment team at Anderson Horowitz. Before that, he was also involved in Lehrer Ventures, BuzzFeed, and more. Imager currently has 140 million monthly uniques and 60 billion monthly image views. So let's get to it. Hey, Sam, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you very much, guys. I'm excited to be here. So we always like to uh, start the show off by getting to know a little bit more about our guests. So can you tell us a little bit uh, where you're from, what did you study, and how did your passion for entrepreneurships and startups really develop? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, um, and I studied history and symbolic systems at Stanford. Symbolic systems is sort of a, a strange mix of computer science and cognitive science. It's sort of like how to use analogies of computer science to better understand the brain. Um, and vice versa. Um, but I'd say like my interest in entrepreneurship started much before that. Um, I, I had been sort of part of these online communities, these online uh, PHBB forums uh, starting in middle school. And there were just like sort of groups of people from around the world who who shared an interest in, in, in my case, packing Macs. So it was really just like putting together little scripts to try to get your Mac to do things it wasn't supposed to. And and, and that's sort of where like I, I first got interested in sort of making software. Um, before that, I'd actually been really interested in making films. And But 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 this sort of like showed me the power uh, of, of being able to sort of string characters together and, and get your computer to do uh, things that, that they, they weren't supposed to do. Um, and, and, and I realized that like if, if I was 12 years old and, and, and could sort of program as well as someone 10 years older than me, then that was, that was sort of it. Um, I, I could look like a 20-year-old online. Um, and so I, I got my, my, my sort of first chance to work at a startup um, when I was, I think, 14, um, and, and I, I sort of kept going from there. Um, so I worked probably at uh, probably about a, a half dozen startups between um, high school and college, and I just I couldn't get enough of it. I, I kept reading about them, uh, every book I, I could. I'd pick up about them, every blog post. Um, and I'd say that that's where my real education was. Absolutely. What were some of those first startups you worked for? Um, so Community Connect was the, the very first one, um, and, and no one's ever heard of it now, but they're actually doing something really interesting. So back in, uh, they had started in 1996 with the sort of premise that, that the awesome thing about the web uh, is that you can meet people uh, who are like you who you wouldn't otherwise have met. Um, and so. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big part of what we're doing at Imager. Um, and so they they'd launched in '96 um, to be sort of a social net. So they had a sort of set of social networks. They had one for African Americans um, called BlackPlanet.com. They had one for Latino Americans, uh, Miente, um, and 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 they were uh, and, and 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 then sort of like I, I was there about ten years later after they launched. And so they uh, Facebook, uh, well, MySpace was taking off. 
Facebook was about to break out and it was a very sort of different time. And so I got to learn about sort of uh, both how do you write code that scales and how do you sort of like react to the market um, as well as sort of like just like what it was like to be at a startup. Um, and, and, and so that, that was the first startup I joined. Um, and then I was at uh, Huffington Post uh, summer later. I was at BuzzFeed. Uh, I worked on a digital media company with a woman who ran books for, for Disney uh, for a few years. Um, so those, those are sort of the ones that I worked on uh, through, through high school and college. Awesome. We're definitely going to get back to BuzzFeed and, and the Huffington Post to explore those a little bit more uh, in, in just a bit. Fantastic. So you're currently the director of product at Imager. For those who are listening that might not know, what is Imager and how did you get the opportunity to be a part of the team? Yeah, um, this is one of my, uh, my favorite topics. Um, so, so Imager is the Internet's visual storytelling platform. Um, it's the best way to explore, share, and discuss the Internet's images. Um, so you, you come to Imager, uh, you click on an image, and you sort of just keep hitting the next button. Um, the images are this incredible mix of, of funny, moving, informational. Um, it's sort of this like mix of content that's all uploaded by users and all curated by users. Um, and so I think it's one of, sort of the most democratic platforms online. Uh, it's really easy to make images. Um, it's really easy to consume images. And, and we, we think of images as, as being different from, from photographs. Um, they're, they're things that are made up of pixels, but they don't have to come from a camera. Um, it could be a screenshot. Um, it could be something you uh, put together uh, in, in Photoshop uh, as a digital file. Um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be something that that uses for the, from a camera. And, and and I think the other sort of really big thing about our platform um, that makes it so democratic is that uh, there's no such thing as following another user. So on YouTube, uh, if I have a popular channel, uh, I got a million followers. I might move out to LA. Hire makeup artists, raise you know a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, but on an imager that doesn't happen um, because we really have a content first approach. Um, instead of, of so, if Alan, the founder, uploads an image, um, he has as good as chance as you do uh, to get to the front page. Mm-hmm. It's really about about the quality of that content, which makes it really accessible to people and results in sort of like a lot of experimentation. Um, because people can sort of try new things, uh, they, they're, they're pseudonymous, um, so you can really sort of explore uh, and, and be uh, willing to take, make mistakes. Um, so there's this really incredible lab of people creating images and creating stories through images on Imager. Um, I, I sort of personally joined the team, so I'd, I'd worked with them um, at Andreessen, worked on the investment into Imager, and I, I was just blown away um, by how far they'd gone on so little. Um, the only external investment before Andreessen's investment had set, been $7 uh, when the founder uh, Bought the domain name. That's pretty cool. Um, then it's run off. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so they got to uh, number thirteen uh, in the Alexa U.S. ranking um, just on seven dollars. Um, and, wow. and so, yeah, um, and so I was blown away by how much they'd accomplished, and yet how much left they had to go. Like the, the, the potential, I think, is just really untapped. Um, and so I was just really thrilled to, to sort of have the opportunity to join them um, and to help them take them to sort of the next step. And to iterate on some of the growth of Imager, um, so today there's 140 million monthly uniques and 60 billion monthly image views. Um, so what's next for Imager in 2015? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're just getting started. Um, so, mm-hmm. so the team is 35 total people today. We're trying to grow uh, to, to about 90 people by the end of the year, so roughly tripling. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm spending a lot of my time, time hiring. Um, uh, in terms of sort of the product and, and how we think about it, um, mobile is going to be a really huge focus in 2015. Um, I think Imager was a little bit late uh, to mobile, frankly. Like we, we, our, our users deserve and are asking for really first-class native mobile apps, um, and so that's something we're really prioritizing now. 
Um, and I think otherwise we're really doubling down on, on the, sort of a lot of the core values of Imgur. So one of them is one of them is sort of connecting users with images they'll love. Um, the, the second one is sort of further enhancing our tools to democratize image creation. Um, and then the final one is just sort of uh, we, we view images as a way to build a community. Um, and, and you can sort of connect to someone who, who you wouldn't otherwise have met. You met, never went to high school with them. You never went to college with them. Uh, you ne- maybe, maybe never went, you didn't go in the same country, or maybe you didn't even speak their language. But you can still connect each other um, over sort of your shared humanity um, and your interest in these images. And so uh, creating these tools to sort of connect people to each other through images would be one of our big focuses. Wow, that's amazing. I can't wait to start seeing these new features uh, being rolled out. So how do you continue to build and grow Imager? Um, and what is the process like? Yeah, it, it's it's really fun. Um, I, I honestly like can't get to sleep you know, some mm-hmm. Sunday nights because I'm so excited to, get, to go what will happen the next day. Um, so a, as I mentioned, like we're 35 people today going to 90. Um, and so we have to sort of continue to, to adapt our processes. Like there are some things that work uh, that worked at 25 people that, that don't work at 30 and maybe have to change again at 35. Um, and so you really have to fix things as they become important to fix and, and realize that some things are allowed to be broken for just a little bit. Um, we don't have an infinite amount of time uh, or resources, so we have to figure out what, what works at the scale uh, that, that, that we are now and, and sort of like fix things as they break um, in a lot of places. Um, and I think a, another really big challenge for us over this next year is, is sort of how to preserve the culture uh, while growing really quickly. Um, and, and I think that that's something that, that we're all really focused on and, and sort of preserving the things that make Imager really unique um, a, as we, we grow this company. As a, as a product manager uh, and as you're looking at new features like mobile first into the future and stuff like that, do you also take into account the communities that already exist? Like, for example, on, you know, the I- imagers integration with Reddit and how people are sharing stuff there? Yeah, I mean, I think we... we... A lot of uh, our images end up on Reddit, which is fantastic. I mean, we, we love when, when, when our images travel. Um, and I, I think we continue to be the best image host for Reddit users. And a lot of the tools we're building are going to help that community as well. Um, so our, you can look at sort of our launch of GIF V really benefit uh, Reddit community, the Reddit community a lot, uh, making our, image, our, our GIFs a lot more accessible and mobile. Um, and so uh, our, our tools will continue to sort of create the best way to tell images, uh, tell stories with images. Um, and, and those we expect, to, we, we hope that people love them so much that they want to share them to Reddit and to Facebook and Twitter and all these other platforms. So you've said that you think about how people read and read about how people think. Um, so what is that? And do you think it impacts how you approach building products? Yeah. Um, so that, uh, that, that sort of comes from um, I, that I, I'm dyslexic. And so I, I took a really long time to learn how to read. Um, and so that meant that it was very conscious from a young age of the, sort of the power that, that reading gives you, um, the power to tap into other people's worlds, the power to, to learn. Um, and so I think what, like, what, what that statement means to me is that I, I try to be very conscious about how people learn and interpret the world um, and try to sort of understand the cognitive models that people use to make sense of the world. And I think humans are very smart, but they have a lot to do. Um, and so they, they need help. Um, and so as, as I work on products, I try to think, okay, how, how will people um, understand this? Like, what, how are they trying to make sense of this? Um, and really try to approach it from uh, a first-time user who's accounting for this first time, um, who doesn't necessarily know the jargon, doesn't know uh, sort of the, the things that we're used to um, as imager power users, and almost everyone at the office is an imager power user. Um, and then also from a, someone who comes back every day, like how can we make this uh, simpler and easier to use for, for this person who has a lot of other things to do in their day? 
And lastly, what is a typical day like for you at Imager? Yeah, um, it's a startup, so there's no typical day, but I'm, uh, I would love to sort of tell you about some of the things I, I do a lot. Um, so the, one of the biggest things is just work with our designers and engineers to sort of define what, what, what the product looks like, um, figuring out uh, what do the wireframes look like, uh, what are sort of the trade-offs um, to, to build this quickly and well, um, uh, what, what are sort of like exactly the details of how one feature will look like um, or, or, or sort of roll out. Um, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about our sort of product roadmap to help prioritize what we'll be, what we'll be building in the next weeks, the next months, the next years. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, looking at our data and talking to users to understand sort of how people are using our site um, and what things we can make easier. Um, and I also spent a lot of time hiring. We meet a lot of great people, um, and, and we'll, we, we have a lot of hiring to do um, to get from 35 to 90. So if anyone's listening and wants to work with Imager, <laughs> we're, we're hiring for, for product managers and for, for engineers. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's super cool. Are, are you guys kind of all based in San Francisco, or is the team so far kind of uh, remote as well? Um, so far, we're all based in San Francisco. Um, I think we, we just find it really helpful to have everyone in the same office um, as we're sort of trying to figure out what, what the next steps are. Um, it's just a lot easier to get around a whiteboard. Um, but sure. uh, yeah, it's a, it's always interesting to see how people work, how different cultures kind of you know come around the same problem and stuff like that. So that's why we like to ask. Yeah, it makes sense. So previous to, to Imager, you actually worked in engineering role uh, in engineering roles at startups like BuzzFeed and the Huffington Post that you that you mentioned before, and, and Community Connect um, as as the first startup. So can you take us through a little bit more of how you ended up, you know, coming across the opportunity to work at uh, at BuzzFeed? Yeah. Um, so so not that many people know this, um, but but Jonah Pretty, the the founder and CEO of BuzzFeed, um, had been a founder at the Huffington Post, um, and so. I, I had sort of my, my desk sat across from his um, at the Huffington Post, and a, a few years later, I, I emailed him um, and said, "Hey, like I, you're doing some cool stuff at BuzzFeed. Do you mind if I I'd love to work for you again?" Um, and so I, I did. Um, and, and it's interesting. But when I when I joined BuzzFeed, the the whole company I think was about thirty people. Um, the engineering team was about six people, including myself. Um, it was a really different company um, than it, than it is today, um, and it. it BuzzFeed sort of started as the side project of Jonah's while he was at the Huffington Post. And when I was there, um, it was sort of transitioning out of that. Um, they just raised a little bit more money. Um, but they, they had uh, sort of no reporters. Um, the staff was much smaller. Um, and, and, and my friends sort of asked, like, well, why, why would you want to join this company that, that I've never heard of? After I left, I sort of like year after year, I would see more and more of my friends sharing BuzzFeed content on their newsfeed, um, <laughs> exactly. and that, that's sort of like the yeah, yeah. And every every time I'd go go back and visit Jonah, uh, they would have like switched to a new office, and and more people would be there. And so BuzzFeed is like incredibly different company um, than when I was there, I guess four years ago. Um, but I've, I've been really proud to see see what they've done, um, and they're they're just knocking it out of the park. Absolutely, they're just growing so fast and doing so many cool things with you know what what I guess used to be traditionally considered journalism um, and, and just kind of spinning that model on its head and doing some cool stuff. So I, I hadn't actually realized that that you had been there secondary to the Huffington Post. So how did you actually get into the Huffington Post in that case? Uh, Huffington Post, I, to remember, I, think I, I think I just emailed someone uh, there. I think I emailed their CTO and they said, hey, I worked at One Start before and here's what I'd love to work on. Um, and and, uh, and he uh, was gracious enough to, to let me work there. Um, I think I think it actually started unpaid, and I, it was going to be unpaid for uh, half time. And then he, I think, the second week he asked if I could do full time, and I said, "Well, I can't do that unless you pay me." So he said, "Okay, fine, <laughs> I'll just pay you, and you can come in full time." Um, <laughs> and so I did that for for a summer. 
That's cool. Cool. So after after your stint with uh, with startups and you know working for them for a little while, you actually ended up working on the deal and research team at Anderson Horowitz, uh, a venture capital firm. I mean, one of the biggest ones. Um, they've done deals with startups like Airbnb, Facebook, Foursquare, GitHub, Lyft, Skype, uh, Rap Genius. The list really goes on. Um, how did you actually get the opportunity to work there? How did that come up? And and what were some of the deals that you ended up becoming a part of? Yeah, so I, I was figuring out what I wanted to do next um, and getting coffee with a bunch of people. Um, and I had, had spent a summer in venture before at Lear Ventures. Um, and I had really enjoyed that, but, but wasn't sure that, that I sort of wanted to keep going in venture. Um, but I, 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 I talked to, um, uh, I think, Samil Shah, um, who, who's an uh, investor and blogger. And, and he said, look, like, you need to talk to these guys in Dresden. Um, like I, I think like the stuff you've been writing is really interesting. I think they'd find it really interesting. Um, and so I started talking talk to them. It just ended up being a really good fit. Um, for, for any folks interested in venture, and I, I used to get this uh, uh, sort of email basically every other week when I was at Andreessen, especially from investment bankers who wanted to break, up, break into venture capital. And they're like, how do you get a job at venture capital? What do you do? Um, and, and really like my secret was just uh, spending as much time as I could uh, at startups um, and then, then blogging. Um, it, a lot, um, and and really like you you won't get a huge readership ever um, unless you're really really lucky and do it for years and years and years. Um, but it's a fantastic way uh, to sort of like really be have a lot of clarity in your thinking um, and 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 sort of go on record with the things that you believe. Um, and it's really the best resume. Um, you know, I, I you know I, I left the. The, the sort of injuries and offices and they googled my name and they saw these posts and they read it and they, they thought there was something interesting there. Um, and so when, when I, I joined Andreessen, um, so some of the investments I worked on, so of course Imager, um, another one was Instacart, um, which is doing quite well, uh, Mesosphere on the enterprise side, um, and then there are uh, a handful of fortune that I'm not allowed to talk about um, because they haven't been announced, uh, but uh, I, you'll, you'll hear about them soon. Sure. And so what's it like being on the, the venture capital side of startups? Is there, you know, are there any particular indicators that you would particularly look for? Um, and, and, and just the whole experience of, of being on the VC side compared to actually being on the startup side? Yeah, um, it's, it's very different. Um, so I think like the, I, I describe sort of venture capital as in some ways it's more intellectually fulfilling, but, but less sort of emotionally fulfilling. Um, and that like you spend all day learning about new things in venture. Um, you meet really smart people doing what they love and, and the ideas are, uh, have, are sort of incredible, incredibly varied. So you might make, meet a company making satellites one day um, and then you know, the next hour you'll be meeting a company that's like try, making an app to find movie tickets, right? Um, and sort of the, all these like little information snacks and, and you get to learn uh, really quickly. You, you, uh, you have to learn sort of what entire industry looks like. Um, see like, okay, is this the winner in this industry that an hour ago I, I knew nothing about? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just really like an f- incredibly fun thing, especially when, when you're meeting folks who, who just love what they do. Um, some of the indicators I, I would look for, um, so, so team, of course, um, do they know the space really well? Um, in order that they persistent as hell, um, you know the, the sort of initial ideas often are, are wrong, and so like, do they have the uh, uh, persistence and sort of gumption uh, to keep going uh, when when that that ends up being the case and going through those sort of hard patches? Um, another another thing I'd look for uh, was was the market um, and like if they got the product right, would this be a really really big company? Um, and it, it's a little bit different way of thinking than than most people do in normal life. Um, most people, the way they think is like, is 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 this something that's going to work, and how how likely is it going to work? Um, uh, and and for inventure, it's really like, 
if this thing does work, how big will it be? Um, and and that that's sort of a sort of like a, a sort of mentality you have to to learn in venture, I think, to be really successful because most funds are, are the winner, the sort of best funds. Uh, in, the, in the best funds, forty percent of the investments will go to zero. Right, you'll you'll make zero money. Uh, you'll lose all your money. But the winners um, are really really big. Um, they'll return. 20x and 50x um, what you put in, um, and so those are the kinds of companies that, that you have to look for, um, and that means that they look really risky um, when you put your money in, but but you know that that the team is incredible, and that if they get it right, um, they're just gonna hit out of the park. Yeah, absolutely for sure. That must be really exciting to get to look at all those kind of business case uh, and, and 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 data. Um, so so with that being said, do you ever think about going back to venture capital at some point? Um. To be honest, probably not. Um, I, I, I love my time in venture, um, and I, I learned a ton doing it, but I really love building things. Um, I, I love working with, with teams. And actually, it's interesting. I think venture is, in some ways, surprisingly uh, a solo job um, in that like you'll talk with the rest of your team um, about what you saw and what they saw and their opinions and really debate a lot. Um, but most of your time is, is by yourself. Uh, meeting with companies um, and meeting people for the first time. So you have to sort of constantly be uh, reintroducing yourself. Um, and that can happen dozens of times a week. Where, whereas I love, I love making product and, 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 and sort of working with a team and you get really close to your team and, and, and sort of like figure out how to make the best product to delight users and shipping that product. And I, I think that is just incredibly fulfilling. Um, and, and for venture, like if, if you know, you're sort of doing a good job, if, if you find a company that, that you really... Uh, can just let be um, and step back and and you really as a venture capitalist you shouldn't be in in the company because it's, it's not your company it's the founder's company um, and and I, I love uh, being on the ground and 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 uh, making things that that people love for sure do you think it gives you a little bit of an edge as well in in terms of building products and building startups um, I've certainly seen a lot <laughs> I've seen a lot of things that that work I've seen a lot of things that that go wrong um, and I think. Sort of working venture, you sort of have a sort of six month to a year lead on, on where everyone else will be, um, and and so I, I spent a lot of time sort of figuring out like okay, what are these patterns that that tend to work, um, and you also get to meet a lot of people in venture, um, and so that that's been incredibly helpful as, as I've gone back uh, onto sort of the the operational side um, building uh, is that I have a really great network of people to to talk with and, and bounce ideas off of. Yeah, absolutely, that's, that's pretty cool. So where do you see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs and are there any technologies or industry that really interest you right now? Yeah, um, so there are a few. Um, one, one is um, sort of Oculus and, and virtual reality more widely. Um, I think it's one of the most exciting technologies and it's sort of finally almost here. Um, and so I think there's going to be sort of a whole generation of companies built on, on, on virtual reality and sort of, uh, and, and sort of the first generation will probably be games, but, but I'm really set, excited for the sort of second generation. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, group work. Um, and so I, I mean, by this I mean sort of people uh, using the internet to sort of organize themselves to do things together. Um, I think there are a few different ways you can think about this. One is sort of crowdsourcing, um, which I think, has a lot of room for improvement. Another is sort of like collaborative uh, sort of creation of public goods. Um, so you can think of Wikipedia as one of these. Um, you could think of Rap Genius as one of these. Um, and and I think that is sort of just getting started. Um, there hasn't been a great uh, sort of group work company started on mobile yet. They're all sort of fundamentally desktop focused. Um, mm-hmm. But that seems incredibly silly when you have billions of people 
uh, carrying around these little pocket computers that have this sort of incredible set of sensors. Um, and so I'm really excited to see see what people start doing there. Um, and then finally, um, I actually I haven't figured out the sort of right startup to start in this area yet. Um, but I think it's going to be a really rich area in a few years. Um, and I, I think the timeline is probably 10 years from now. Um, but potentially there's a company to start in there before that, which is um, uh, self-driving cars. Um, I think those are just absolutely transformational um, and, and sort of free up a lot of time for people to do things that they actually want to do um, and be a lot, a lot safer for everyone. Um, so I think that that's going to be absolutely huge. Absolutely. Those are, those are some really interesting uh, areas that you just brought up. So, so other than that, uh, or other than you know your daily work at, at Imager, what are there any other apps, tools, books, or or devices that you're you know completely obsessed with that you use on a daily basis? Um, one of my my favorite books um, that that I, I just I just finished a few weeks ago. Um, it's, it's called Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. Um, so so Ed used to run Pixar, um, and now he runs uh, this sort of animation group uh, within Disney. Um, and, and and the book is is about sort of like how do you build organizations that sort of promote creativity, um, drawing on a lesson, lot of lessons from Pixar. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it's sort of the best book on like quote-unquote management <laughs> that I've ever read. Um, but it's really about like how do you enable people uh, to do really incredible um, creative things. Um, and and that, that book is sort of one that just kept bouncing around um, my head for the last few weeks. Um, an app that I'm really excited about is, is Red Green by Max Stoller. Um, so it's a really simple concept. It's basically you're red, um, except you can slide to green. Um, and slide to green means that friends who uh, sort of you opt into, um, taken from your, your address book, uh, know you're available to hang out. Um, and you slide to green, and I think it's a sort of default of six hours. And, it, and it, it's super simple. It's just like that one button. Um, but it's sort of like it, it exists as sort of like they're the group of people who you text, who you maybe see every week, every two weeks. Um, they're the whole group of people you're Facebook friends with who, frankly, a lot of them you would not want to hang out with. But then there's this sort of group in between of, of people who it would be kind of weird to text because you don't see them enough, but you would love to hang out with them if they're just around. Um, and so this app sort of allows you to tap into that group. And I think it's sort of the app that's like most improved my life this year um, so far. And I think it's going to continue to do that just because like I, I can hang out with people who I, I want to hang out with. Um, and, and, and it's just really easy. Yeah, I've heard about that one. And it sounded pretty interesting to, uh, to check out for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a lot of fun this year. So do you have any last thoughts or personal mottos that you live by or that you think others should know about? Um, yeah, I, I think one of my mottos um, is is sort of, we were lucky, but now we have to be good. Um, and, and this is sort of about like cultivating a mentality of the good things that have happened so far. Um, we, we, we were lucky to have happened to us, but now we really have to think about how to get better. Um, and, and to me, like there's no downside to, to sort of taking this sort of approach and that, okay, even if you were good before, um, you have nothing to lose by your ego um, to say you were lucky, but it cultivates a mentality of, of self-improvement. Um, and it says that, okay, we, we always have room to get better um, and, and that we should strive to that. Um, and, and that means sort of like in, 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 in bad times, you'll survive, but in, 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 uh, in, in better times, uh, you'll do even, even better. Um, and I, I think about this a lot for myself, but also for Imager. Um, and so to make sure we sort of have a, a continual process of, of self-improvement at the company um, and, and sort of our understanding that we owe it to ourselves um, to sort of view the things that we're good at um, as only temporary um, and, and sort of just sort of the starting point of, of how good we'll be in the future.
So what steps do you take for self-improvement? Like now it being the beginning of the year, do you do you write down like a general list of things you want to accomplish in the year or how do you do it? Yeah, um, I, I have a list of sort of themes for the year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've not had a lot of luck of like sort of very specific, you know, uh, you know, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Um, so instead I have sort of a list of things that I just sort of check in every week and like, okay, uh, and try to keep them at the top of my mind um, that, that I want to sort of continue to reflect on um, um, each week. And so I have a few themes that, of things that I think I'm hoping 2015 will be a good year for. Um, and some of them were things that I think, frankly, I was good at last year, um, but, but I want to sort of keep at the top of my mind. Super cool. We really appreciate uh, your time tonight, Sam. This was uh, an awesome episode. Great. Thanks, Franco and Tyler. This is really fun. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.